Banco. Banco Beverage. Proudly serving the Lehigh Valley for over 80 years. It's 80 years. Say it with me. 80 years. It's a long time. Over 30 plus breweries distributed, including Miller, Yingling, Pabst, Guinness, Heineken, plus a generous variety of imported and specialty brands. They are located at Crackersport Road in Allentown, PA. Can't get any more local than that, Lehigh Valley. Banco Beverage is locally owned, operated since 1933. They have an exceptional team of staff dedicated to making their customers happy. If you're interested in having Banco be your purveyor for whatever bar or establishment you own, you can go to www.bancobeverage.com. I have the information in the ads as well. And I want to thank Banco for coming on and being a sponsor. Myself and Tony are working on some projects and we are going to be bringing some really cool content as well as uh, Banco is going to be providing for a lot of the things that we do event-wise. So uh, thank you, Banco, again. Thank you, Tony. And check out Banco Beverage. Giacomo's, Giacomo's Italian market. What an awesome relationship that has blossomed between Never Again Studio and Giacomo's Italian market. We've been working with them with Studio Kitchen. Um, we've been doing their Italian sausage and going to pop-ups with them. I love Sal. I love all the guys over there. It's always awesome collaborating. And uh, you should go check them out. They got specialty Italian items. They're famous for the cheesesteak, the sausage. I can't even list everything because everything over there on that menu is fantastic. It's a home run. They are in Easton, uh, PA, 700 Cattell Street. That's 700 Cattell Street in Easton, PA. They are over by College Hill. It's a dope area to check out. You need to go there. They got plenty of uh, inside seating. Um, they got all kinds of specialty Italian things off to the side, a pasta, vodka sauce. I usually just go there because I'm not making it as good as Sal. So I pick up my vodka sauce and, you know, I say what's up. We got some oils and all kinds of different things. But uh, I can't say nothing but positive things over at Giacomo's. If you know them, you know them. If you don't know them, you're crazy and you need to get over there. That's 700 Cattell Street in Easton. That's Giacomo's Italian Market. Tell Sal what's up. <laughs> The Curious Plantaholic, located in Nazareth and Clinton, New Jersey. Uh, the Nazareth location was opened first, and uh, I met Jenny. We immediately hit it off. Uh, I knew we would start working on projects. She is the energy and the breath of fresh air that Nazareth needs. Uh, I started buying plants off of her, went down a rabbit hole. Now I got a bunch of plants I got to take care of. I'm trying my hardest. People are helping me. Um, what an awesome shop for plants, retail. The energy in there is amazing. The employees in there are amazing. Uh, it's a plant and supply store focused on connecting with local communities. And boy, do they do a, a fantastic job at that. Um, I can't say enough about these guys. You need to go to their locations and check them out. But they also have plants for sale online. It's at CuriousPlantaholic.com. And right now they have two locations, which is Nazareth. And the other one is Clinton, New Jersey. Please check them out. And you can get more information at CuriousPlantaholic.com. I'm going to be working with Jenny on some other projects as well. So you will see us kind of creating a vibe and some things going on in Nazareth. We're really going to help kind of revitalize and get some things going on in Nazareth. So... If you want to, please check out the Curious Planaholics in Nazareth. Support local, support us. They support the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on as a sponsor. Oh. So this is 
Welcome to Evergreen Radio, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. We talked for 45 minutes before we started. Yeah. I'm not too worried about doing this podcast. Um, I kind of want to get into what we usually do, where you're at, uh, how you started this whole thing. Um, I know there's other people involved in this, but um, how did 12th and Market start? Um, pretty much all through skateboarding. So 12th and Market is it's just a corner in Bethlehem. My friend Corey lived on his whole life. Um, actually grew up and bought the house from his parents. Yeah, so he he cool. still lives there, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, we, we just, that was kind of the hub. We always meet there. We'd skate there. We'd hang out there. Just, it was just where our friend group kind of consolidated. And, uh, that was really it, man. We, I mean, we started skateboarding and that, and through skateboarding, it's like, okay, we want to make skate videos. So we bought a camera. We want to shoot photos. So we buy a photo camera, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just started like spreading out and, that's kind of the amazing thing about skateboarding is that it introduced us to content creation, I guess is what you would call it now, but um, at like a super early age, you know what I mean? When people weren't doing that, we were probably 11, 12 years old and we were buying, you know, VX1000, VX2100, these these like expensive cameras that no one <laughs> even would know what that is, you know? Yeah. I mean? When, um, <clears throat> it's funny you say that because... You know, we talked a little bit last night, and I was thinking about, like, when I was younger and would skate is, like, when we skated, part of wanting to skate was because you were watching skate videos. Back right. in my day, like, you would have to go to the skate shop, and it was on VHS, and then, like, amateur or whatever would have it back in the case by, like, the trucks, and you'd yeah, be like, yeah. hey, the new video dropped, the new video dropped. Now it's clips, but, like, that was such a thing to sit, and we would watch a video, you would get pumped to skate, and then we would all go out skating, and then at some point, somebody would get a hold of a camera. Like, cause my dad had a video camera early on, because my grandmother wanted all of her sons to videotape vacations, and then when she would come visit, she would want to watch the vacation. Right, okay. I would ruin most of those times. <laughs> like, I'd be, like, falling into garbage cans, and my dad would be yelling at me. But, like, eventually, there was somebody in the group where we were allowed to use a video camera, and then we would go out, and we would try and make our own skate videos, and and like what you were saying, that was content creating before it was content creating. Yeah, right. And I feel like there's like a lane of other things that come with skateboarding where like somebody does want to make the video or, hey, let's take pictures. And then like you want to kind of recreate your favorite skaters that you watched in um, these different videos. I remember when it was a big deal where like somebody would be like, I got a video and we'd be like, Oh, we're going over to DJs. And yeah, like, you yeah. know, we'd go up into his room or maybe it was somebody we we're hanging out with where their parents didn't care if we smoked cigarettes. And we'd be like, <laughs> let's go over to DJs and watch the tape. But oh, it was yeah. like, that was something, a part of skateboarding that I always enjoyed because there, there was other things to do besides skate. Like it was like, we were creating a video and they were always Absolutely, terrible, but yeah. we would even make our own videos and then sit down and watch it. But like back, like it's so crazy that, the kids don't understand that like you could go out right now, get a bunch of tricks, use licensed music, use filters and editing yeah, system yeah. and have it up same day. Yeah. Like we'd watch our stuff and there'd be no music playing. Yep. So like to be able to get into that lane of like creating and whatnot, it was always so much more with skateboarding that that was part of what I really liked about it was like the culture, the creativity, the fashion and all of like the things that came with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and it introduced me to everything I do now. I mean, it was, okay, we want to film ourselves skateboarding, so buy a video camera. I want, we want to shoot photos and have it, you know, with the fisheye lens and make it look yeah, like the stuff the in the magazine. Lens. So let's buy a fisheye lens. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we want to design shirts. Let's fuck around on Photoshop or paint or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever we're using at the time. Editing, you know, Windows Movie Maker, whatever we were using at the time. Like, we were, we were doing all of that 
at 13, 14 years old. You know what I mean? It just it introduced me to everything creative that I do today. When did it start? Well, when did you start taking it to be to take it into something where you guys wanted to turn it into a brand? Because you do multiple things with it, which I mm -hmm. want to get into, but I kind of want to see where it grew from. So, like, when did you guys kind of start like rocketing it as a brand? So when I was, let me think about this. Um, so I, I mean, in those earlier years, I was skating for other brands that you know I was sponsored by a few companies that were just sending me product. But then as I got into high school, I wanted to do it myself so i started a clothing brand back then back in those days it was called alumni attire at the time do you have any of the shirts left i do i do have yeah. a couple of them and that was awesome and and i was um i was like annoying as hell I, I was like sending it to everyone like online i'm like reaching out to everyone trying to get someone like famous to to wear it or you know do whatever and uh so alumni attire was the first company we got it um one of my one of the companies I was skating for, he was like good friends with Mac Miller at the time. He gave it, he gave some of the clothing to Mac. Mac wore it like when he accepted the key to the city. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's on his MTV show. He was Yo, wearing it. So you know cool. what I mean? So I it was Mac awesome. Miller. And what was that like for you? Oh my God. I remember we were, I was in my friend's basement and he saw it on his Instagram like first and showed it to me. We were just fucking losing our minds. But nothing came of it because I didn't have the inventory to back that up. People wanted it then. And I didn't have anything to sell, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So, so that was like a good lesson for me because I skipped that whole foundational, that whole foundation process of building the foundation of a company. You know what I mean? So with 12th and Market, what I really wanted to do was not worry about that, not worry about like who's going to wear it and, and sending it out to someone famous who's going to get all these views, but like really building 12th and Market as not only just a company, but like a community. And I think we've done a good job of that so far. I think that's huge to even point that out. <clears throat> there was things that went on with the podcast where, um, you know, our first viral thing um, wasn't on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, and it yeah, should yeah. have been. So, like, our YouTube wasn't set up. And then it was, like, these milestones, like, that is behind the brand, but nothing happened because it wasn't connected. And, right, like, right. that's when you start realizing that sometimes when you push so hard, you might be pushing in the wrong direction and, and you don't have the base of everything set up. Right, yeah. And that's huge. Yeah, Especially if you're starting something from nothing. And, you know, I remember, like, it's funny. I, I love having brands on and, and clothing companies on and uh, you relate to them because it pulls back the story of my stuff. And I remember back in the day, just, hey, take this sweatshirt. Or like when I when I we used to have skate teams and you would, I would just, hey, I'd be spending all kinds of crazy money buying people boards and yeah, t-shirts yeah. and like, there wasn't even a way for them to even expose it other our, than our, that you would see them skating in it. So it's like it worked with some people or like my friends that got it or they would get other people to buy the boards. But like yeah, in the yeah. end, it's like I was just giving thousands of dollars of merch out to people yeah, right. because they wanted free shit. And then in, in turns, I was hoping that I would get something out of it. 90% yeah, yeah. of the time I never was. There wasn't a place to really go buy it. There wasn't, a, you right, know, right. like what you said, I didn't have the image inventory or something would pop and hey i want one of those oh maybe i'll make them and when we do the shirts again right now i'm working on this it wasn't how any of the shit set yeah. up for me now it's yeah. super frustrating too to learn that lesson when you're like fuck oh it was that must yeah, have been was, crazy to be like it was a great what do we lesson. do now <laughs> yeah i had like i had like 25 shirts i think at the time so it was like okay all those sold out and then it was okay people were hitting me up wanting them and i was like okay well we have to get a manufacturer we have to get them printed like this is going to take maybe three weeks, four weeks, or, and no, no. 
You know, that's I mean? still got to be motivating to know that he looked at all of his shit to wear that day, and he was like, "Oh, I'll rock this." Yeah, he wore it multiple times, not just one shirt. He yeah. wore a couple of our pieces. You know what I mean? Over the course, that's got to be motivating from a creative stance of like, "Oh yeah, yeah. this is no, the it right was, direction." It was incredible. It was awesome. I mean, and, and Mac was one of my favorite artists at the time. You know, I mean, I was in high school right as his big yeah. kind of pop happened. So, I mean, it, it was awesome. But yeah, good good lesson to learn, and and uh, you know, and something that we corrected moving forward. Where did you go from there? So after that, I went off to college and I kind of, I was doing it, but I really, you know, wasn't, wasn't like into it. I was like always designing and making, making, you know, whatever t-shirt designs. And I would always have like mock-ups on my computer or whatever thing and whatever, but I was just really never doing anything with it. 12th and market, I really just started taking seriously when maybe about three years ago, it started out as humans. That was the other name that we came up with. Was which, college based around anything for building a business? No, not at all. I was my my degree was in economics. I was nice. not nice. doing anything <laughs> close to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, my mom always knew. My mom was always like, "You're creative. I don't know why you don't go to art school. Go to art school." And I was like, "There's no fucking money in art school. I don't want to go to art school. I want to make money. I don't want to. I don't want to just be like the starving artist." You know? What yeah. I mean? But you know, it's probably what I should have done. I was just I was just so fucking motivated to do anything design related, whether it was designing websites, designing t-shirts, drawing up skateboards, whatever I was doing at the time. But uh, but yeah, once I graduated college and I was like, okay, the career thing is set. I'm doing what I'm, what I'm doing in my career. And I, now I have money to actually do something that I want to do. Um, I, I hopped right back into it. And we, we started Humans, which was, you know, the first skate brand. But I started it, sent it for trademark, you know, sent it to get trademarked right away. And when they came back and there was, like, something that was close to it or whatever, and I didn't want to fucking deal with it. So then, you know, my friends and I kind of landed on the 12th and Market thing, and that's been it ever since. Who, at what point were you, that the 12th and Market, like, was that where you just like, fuck, I don't, because I remember when I was doing Never Again, I started running the business hoping nothing would come back. And then, right, um... Yeah, yeah. The only thing that came close was uh, like never cold again, and it was like mittens, and I was like, okay. "Cool, we're good." Yeah, yeah, but we're like good. that was scary to put up that kind of money, yeah, and then yeah. be like, "Cool, I can't do this." Yeah, like the trademark stuff is the whole process. I didn't understand it. I went to legal zoom and spent way too much yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. That's like what I, I did the first time. I, too, yeah, yeah, I remember because like never again came from um, a tattoo I was putting on me because like, I quit drinking at the time, and I had this. Oh, okay. uh, I had this pirate tattoo my friend was doing on my chest and stomach and we had rum jugs and we were like well what are we gonna do now and then she was like well i can put x's in i'm like well i'm not straight edge i just you know this is just something i'm doing and i always like to separate that um when i was talking about it because it wasn't really about getting sober and when i tell people because i drink now and i did 10 years not but like i tell people like it's a version of myself that i didn't want to be anymore and yeah, i've learned true. a lot in that time and i couldn't explain what it was at the time but people correlated it because i wasn't drinking so she was like well what are we going to do and i was just like well i don't know and then she was like well why don't we just put never on one rum jug and again on the other and i was like yeah no, cool awesome. let's do that and then 
at that same time I was making I was bitching to my brother about uh like you know I came up in like the 90s streetwear where we were talking was like which is coming back now which everything is big yeah, yeah. so like I didn't like the way anything looked so you know I was talking to my brother and I'm like you know, he's like well, why don't you just start making your own clothes and then I, I needed to keep busy because I wanted to stay sober yeah, and right. at that time he was sending me a board a month I still have them, but like, you know, I couldn't rely on him to make me a fucking hand painted skateboard every month, but yeah, you yeah. count your days. So then I was like, all right, I can get into these projects. I'm just going to make my own clothing. And he's like, well, what do you want to call it? And I was like, I call it never again. Cause it was like correlating to the tattoo. Yeah, right. And then that's just kind of where it took off. And I've just been addicted to fucking design and making clothes. And like we said earlier, like I wouldn't, I would be doing this no matter what. I, like I, I always yeah, yeah. relate with that at Ray. Like Ray has a full time job, and Ray just gets in the projects. Whether he's like writing, you know, he's doing Lost Souls, and then he's doing so much crazy stuff in Japan, and yeah, then he'll yeah. come over here and put out a children's book, yeah, yeah. just because he's bored and like just wants to get into a different creative outlet. So that's kind of yeah, like yep. where I started dumping everything, and then I remember sitting down and being like, I should trademark this, and it was the last thing I put on a credit card I maxed out, mm. and then I, I didn't know anything i still don't understand trademark like i'm just yeah. like i have to keep it updated but like that's crazy because they don't get back to you for months and then they're like well you can yeah. run your business anyways in hopes i think they 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 know what they're doing they they don't yeah, want you to course. really understand it you know none they, of it makes sense tossing money <laughs> out you the went to law the school time. yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> so when you guys kind of got the humans thing at that time, is it just yourself who's working on this, or is it just kind of this group of friends that you've skated with? Or yeah, like it was just, I mean, my group of friends, and they're, my my core group of friends I've known since, I mean, they're like brothers, you know what I mean? So yeah. It's, so it's, they support everything I do, and, and I just, you know, I love all my friends to death. They're, like I said, they're family, so anything I would do, they would support, and that, that was from clothing to events I'm throwing, they're helping me out, and, you know, all of it. So, so yeah, it's just those same core group of friends and I consider them all a part of what we do. It's cool the way it kind of came out where the trademark didn't work and then it kind yeah, yeah. of like represents uh, what you're doing more than humans would have. And I remember when I first saw 12th and Market, I'm like, oh, that's a fucking dope name. And then like I, know, I started yeah, seeing yeah. the designs and shit and then I was just like, oh, this is cool. Like it really separated, in my opinion, <clears throat> seeing stuff that was going on when I saw 12th and Market, I was like, oh, that's dope. Like, it's just saying it, it's its own thing. It's not yeah, like, yeah. even though it didn't make sense to me, it, it it seemed more of like a branded thing already than if it would have just been humans. All right, well, what's right, humans? Yeah. Like, then when you see it's got the skate culture plugged into it, like, it just made sense. It's yeah, a dope it was, name. It was, I mean, once we once we got to that point where we were like, okay, it's going to be 12th and Mark, I would. Was mean, there a lot of conversation beforehand? Um, not really. I mean, like once we got the notification about the trade, like we could have moved forward with the trademark. Yeah. You know how they do it. They send yep. you like a couple things that might be close or whatever. And, and I just didn't even want to deal with that. And then at that point we were thinking about doing, it started as a capsule collection we were going to do with humans. That was just going to be a 12th and market collection, just like an homage to our childhood. Um, so then we were like, well, fuck it. Let's just, let's just have the whole name be that. And then once we got on that path, it was like. I wouldn't have it any other way. It's just, it's perfect. Yeah, it's it's dope when lanes open. And I try and tell people all the time, just because I've been creating for so long, whether it's successful or not successful, when something opens up and you kind of, it feels correct, yeah. like 
go with your gut. Like, I guess it's, it is your gut, but sometimes when you're creating, it feels like it's a path. And mm -hmm. when those paths open and you just start making progress and things start happening, it's like, all right, let's stay here. Like, yeah, let's right. not go over here. Like things are happening here. We're making moves here. This is able to be branded. And, um, what was kind of your first steps with 12th and market? The first thing. So what did you want it to be? I mean, originally I, again, again, it was, it was like, it's a skateboarding brand through and through. That's what it started with. It was boards and, you know, like streetwear t-shirts and shit. Like you were saying, like the 90s was all about that. Just like yeah. logo tees. And the like, goldfish. You know, it was just yeah, like yeah, the goldfish. Or the girl. Like it was just was, the girl's bathroom yeah, right. logo. And that was, How genius is that? fucking awesome. I loved yeah. all that shit. So that's kind of was like our first our first t-shirts were just like those logo tees with that in mind. Just yeah. like 90s skate streetwear culture. Um, so that's what it started out with. And, and skateboards. And our first board was... Like the map logo. Yeah. I don't know if you saw like yeah. the map design we do. Um, and again, it's just like, it's all about 12th Market is in the Lehigh Valley. Like, let's just run with it and be, I want it to be just about the Lehigh Valley. And and through that, it became, okay, we're working with skateboarders in the Lehigh Valley, obviously. And then it was, okay, we're, we're doing Skate Magazine. And then the Skate Magazine kind of turned into, all right, we're meeting all these artists and stuff that we're working with through the magazine so we're doing kind of like music things now and it it just started like organically growing into any and everything skateboarding art you know again skateboarding is it's all of that it's it's videography it's photography it, you know what i mean it, it it covers that whole ground so that's what it became just everything and now we do fuck everything when what was the very first thing you created with it was it the boards or did you make the shirts or what was kind of the first entry into kind of like let's get this going yeah it was the boards i think i think the first the first thing we created was the map deck you know that just had like allentown bethlehem easton you know it was a map yeah and then where'd you go from there we started doing clothing and and uh i mean we really picked up with the magazine then and so then palette yeah, magazine. Yeah, I want to hang on the uh, the magazine for a little bit. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, as far as 12 the Market, though, it was just probably T-shirts. We pumped out a bunch of T-shirts. Um, you know, we fucked around with some other shit, hats and jeans and stuff, but... It's hard to move stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean we, we don't have a problem moving things. Yeah. It's, it's really just... I'm super picky with everything. Yeah. Like, I've, I get samples from manufacturers, you know, jeans and stuff, and... I'm super picky with how they fit and the quality of it. So, like, I'll get samples. And it's I hard. I could get, like, a bulk order and start selling them, but I just don't want to do that unless it's, you know, perfect and what I want. When uh, I remember, like, trying to create, um, a, like, a catalog of, like, stuff, like you were saying, like, jeans and all that stuff. Yeah. And your options from getting from suppliers, like, when I was doing it was, like, hey, this is – um this is like what you would order if you had like a field hockey team. And I'm like, yeah, right, fuck right. man. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I'm like, you know, it was hard to find, like an, I remember I got a job in a screen printing shop just so I could start touching the material. Mm. Cause I'm picky like that as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, it wasn't until I found the right shirt and then like, you know, I wanted to do jeans, but then it's like, all right, well, how do you even find a jean company? And then it was it was a lot of like really deep digging to just not put your stuff on something you're not happy with. Yeah, right. Where were you able to find like suppliers and things that you wanted? I mean, I eventually started going overseas and 
you know, working with suppliers in China, Pakistan, like different countries that I was just trying to find someone that could get that high quality feel. Yeah. I'm still looking, man. It's hard. It's, you know, I've, I've gotten samples from a few of these brands and these, these suppliers and I'm just like, I don't even know what the fuck this is. It feels like paper. Yeah. It feels like cardboard. So I'm just, you know, shirts are easy. Hoodies are easy. You know, jackets and, jackets and stuff are pretty easy, but when it comes to pants, man, I just haven't, I haven't found it yet. Someone yeah. that can make like a high quality. Cause you gotta denim. basically what, get them to make you a sample and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you gotta keep going back and forth. And then when it's done, you gotta buy like a shipping container. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, shipping's fucking ridiculous coming from overseas. You know, they, they might charge you two, $300 in shipping and there's a language barrier there a little yeah. bit, you know what I mean? So it's tough. Like, and they're up. You know, if I'm working with someone in China, it's two in the morning here. They're yep. like, you know, midday work. They're they're like working midday right there. So I'm on the phone. I'm like staying up till two in the morning trying to like talk to the supplier. And, you know, it's a little bit of a pain in the ass, but we'll get it eventually. We're, we're close. That's cool. Yeah. Um, do you do uh, the trade shows like magic and stuff like that? Have you gone to anything nah, like that? Not yet. I mean, I've, Are you interested in it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They're we'll, cool. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I just, I don't have... Like I said, I want to have like a full lineup of inventory to really go with. Yeah, you know what I mean, um, that's always been something I wanted to do, and I got sidetracked with doing the podcast and other things. And in the back of my head, I always want to go back to even um, if I just do it for a couple of items. Um, I've always wanted to do magic. I've like when I there was only a couple. There's a lot more now, but there was one. In the city, I forget what it was, but you kind of had to get invited to it. But I, I've had a friend who went out to Magic in Vegas, and he said it was fucking awesome. I'm I've sure, always yeah. wanted to do it. Like, just to set up the booth, and yeah, you yeah. got buyers coming through, and it's not really like when you're doing, like, the tattoo conventions or something where you hope a couple people are buying it. Like, if you have your shit together, you can be in fucking massive stores, yeah, and, like, yeah. you can be moving fucking... 20, 30,000 fucking items, and then that was yeah. always, like, in my head. I was like, well, that's the payout. You know, right, yeah, it's awesome exactly. selling stuff on a small level, but to hit that those big numbers, that's where you can make a yeah. lot of fucking money. Oh yeah, I mean I'm, and I think the what I have in my head, what I see with a trade show like that is, so agenda is a big one. Yes, that's, that was the other yeah, one. Yeah. That's on the East Coast, uh, correct? Yeah, they, I think they have two. I think they yes. have one on the West Coast, one yeah. on the East Coast. I think Atlantic City, maybe they do, maybe shout mostly. out, I don't know. fucking great place. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I, I would love to do that, but I'm, I, I, I want to do it when I can design like a fucking awesome booth you know, yeah i don't want just like a table with a cloth or whatever yeah. like i'd like to do it you know you, you would know, have to because then that's how you get attention as well for people to come right, to your yeah. booth where they're like yo look at this person's yeah. booth. the whole thing um has always just kind of like um bit me in the ass in the sense of like uh i want to go after it just from the amount of creativity you could dump out into exactly. the entire fucking thing. Exactly. It, designing yeah, yeah. the the fucking the booth, getting people to come out, all like the bags to go, how yep. you package everything all up, making it, yeah. your entire line. Like exactly, I just yeah. look at that as I'm like, yo, like I think I would like be okay for three days after doing that. Like the dump <laughs> oh, off yeah. on that where you'd be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> like there's a lot that yeah. you can do that. Um I've always just wanted to go and check them out and um I think eventually, like, I got out to Vegas. I'm going out to Cali. Like, once I start traveling alone and I kind of, like, I'm okay with doing that. Like, after this next trip, I think I'll be confident enough where I just won't give a fuck. Because there's things that I want to do where sometimes when I ask people to go, they don't understand what I'm doing. But, like, I would love to, now that I've been to Vegas, like, 
yeah, I can now see myself. I can get on a plane and go out the fucking agenda yeah, and just go as Fuck like yeah. somebody to check it out or like these different shows. Like, I don't need to go with people. Like, I'll just go get content or go, you know. Yeah, dude, go and with doing the podcast, it's like you can get it. You, there's ways of weaseling it in with fucking, oh, it's fucking, you know, I'm promoting stuff. And um, I've always just even wanted to go out to check out stuff like that. I've always been, this is why I love bringing on like clothing people because there's so much that I didn't accomplish because other things came up like the podcast and like what I'm doing now at restaurants and stuff. And like, there's this hole that I never fucking filled. And like, I love bringing people on and like just picking their brain. Like, are you going to go do that? Like, it's, it's cool seeing other people in the Valley, like trying to like go after something that big. Cause it's not really fucking around when you're on that level. Like you're trying yeah, yeah. to fucking, you know, that's, that's some serious shit, yeah, if, you know? And then the have business to have the confidence because you know, an artist, enjoyed your stuff like you know th that means that other people in the genre that you're in that fuck with him which is like this really cool community fucks with your stuff like you know what i mean like so to go out there and to hit a home run with that it would be life-changing absolutely man and like i i was lucky enough to so for during the covid thing when when my main job was was slow i picked up uh a job just as a i was the main illustrator for this app company that was based out in vegas and I was just doing nothing but design work. I, I like designed their mascot and we were just doing all these different like iterations of their mascot doing things. You know what I mean? It might've been, it was like this little astronaut character alien thing, but they'd be like, okay, we want him to be playing basketball or, okay, our company's going live on the stock, stock exchange. We want him, you know, at the New York stock exchange doing this. So I was able to like really hone in that craft of my, my, creating my drawing and photoshop and illustrator and all that and get and build up that confidence you know what i mean to know like okay i'm a good artist i'm not just i don't have that doubt anymore yeah you know what i mean which is nice that's huge so, what was that like to be doing that during covid it was incredible man i loved it it was fucking awesome it it was it was like You're i could like, have can done you just that stay shut time. down <laughs> yeah dude it was it was awesome yeah. unfortunately um the ceo of the company who i became really good friends with and ended up helping me with like like my NFT thing and all that shit, he passed away like unexpectedly, unexpectedly, and it it just plunged the whole company. You know what I mean? That sucks. So it fell through, yeah. But but my my main job, luckily, stable. You know what I mean? So it was it wasn't a like a earth shattering yeah thing. You know to get that pulled out from underneath me. But um, but you mean I wish I wish it could have went go could have kept going because it was it was incredible. So then now, kind of where the storyline is unfolding is, um, I know I kind of sidetracked on the the merch and stuff, but I, I just love that topic. But um, where does the magazine come into play? The magazine started, um, I want to say like fall of 2020, maybe. I don't even remember really why we started. I don't even, I think I just had like a bunch of leftover shit laying around, like illustrations, photos. I, you know, I was just getting into photography, all that kind of thing. So I just wanted something where I was like, okay, I have all these photos. I have all these drawings. Let's just do like a big Lehigh Valley magazine where we can get all these artists who are like me, who are looking for an outlet for their work. And let's put it all into one zone. And let's do something that's never really been done before at the time. No one had, no one does what Palette does. You know what I mean? We were adding QR codes with, okay, we have a skate photo. And now there's a QR code that you scan and it shows the clip of the photo or animators. Like what? Where were animators putting their shit? If not on YouTube or something, they didn't. They couldn't do anything with a magazine. So now we have QR codes that scan and it shows someone's animation, 
or a video or a podcast or whatever it may be. So it was like the first time we like the magazine became this thing where, okay, there's photos, there's visual stuff, but then there's also like this media side to it. It's a paper magazine. It's a physical magazine, but you could still get animations and videos and music. Where did you go to get to even start on making a magazine? What do you mean? Like where I got it printed? Yeah. Like what, what was kind of the Some angle website. on so so you kind of had information on getting it made to begin with? I mean, I just looked it up online. I just looked up how to print a magazine, and it brought me to a bunch of websites and stuff, you know what I mean? And there's trial and error there, obviously. But um, I just wanted to, I just I knew I wanted something high quality, you know what I mean? So the paper that we use is nice, thick, gloss paper. It's not like a shitty magazine, you know what I mean? Or like a black and white magazine or something like that. It's full color, high quality images. You know, we work with like great photographer photographers. My my friend Justin is like an amazing photographer. So when he sees his photo in our magazine, it's not like some shitty version of it. You know, what I mean, it's his it's high quality photo. It's what it should look like. And then, how do people get a hold of the magazine? We sell it online. We usually do like a uh, like a release event for it. So we'll have them there at the event. Like it's it's been incredible. Our Palette Six event we did last October, and we had you know, a couple hundred copies there and we sold out that day. You know what I mean? Just from having people at the event. That's fucking dope. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's been it's been awesome. Every you know, knock on wood, every palette release we've had has pretty much done that. I like that it's almost like retro with a new age spin on it. So like you could still get like you know, I remember getting magazines and shit back in the day and it kind of like disappeared. And it's like something yeah, that yeah. I miss. Like I remember and I don't care. I'm a fucking gamer so like i used to get GameStop in the fucking mail but like yeah, that was yeah, such yeah. a big part of my f and thrasher and cheapskate yep. and all that shit but like mm -hmm. i remember coming home and that was the first thing you did was look through the mail all the magazines here and then that kind of died off and a lot of things went digital but to go yeah. almost retro on that and then have a physical copy but then to do new age shit with like the the qr code shit like that's dope because then you can scan that and then now you're taking a digital aspect by being able to bring the person to their phone and then they can go back to the to the magazine at the same time that's a really yeah, fucking yeah. rad idea i know and i mean because i grew up the same way i was born in 92 so i'm i kind of caught that tail end of the 90s where it was i loved physical magazines yeah you know i mean that's what i wanted to want i wanted to read that so i mean that's why we ended up doing it was just because i like a physical magazine i want to sit i want to see them like all lined up all the issues we have on our on our bookshelf or whatever on a table all, all how many up. issues have you have you done six so far we're going into our seventh it was supposed to come out this summer we delayed it a little bit just because we were doing some things with this afternoon radio thing but that'll probably come out i think new year's we're going to do like a big new year's event we'll where we'll release palette seven how does that whole process go like uh is there multiple people involved obviously and then you kind of sit in and like kind of walk us through how you even lay out a fucking magazine which it's, um, it's all this is now making sense with you doing that job and like really honing your skills in and then you know kind of getting over the the confidence issues or like you know be like no nah, i'm i remember shit with this where i'd be like ah and then i got to a point where i was like no nah, i'm fucking good at interviewing like you just yeah, hit that right. level and then when you then when you 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 have that confidence doing a project is no longer you second guess it you're more like yo let's do this yeah, and then right, you can right. drive into it because you you know what you can actually are capable of so yeah. when you sit down how do you even put this together well we we're we're basically a submission-based magazine for the most part. Like, we have our core photographers we work with. I mean, I'm a photographer. 
I said, like I said, my friend Justin is like an amazing skateboarding photographer. He does, he, he's a photographer at, for a living. So he does all kinds of shit. That's but, cool. Um, so like, you know, we work with him to get our main kind of photos and we start with, you know, there's like, okay, we have this a hundred page magazine. We'll have certain pages like set aside for the stuff that we're doing. And then whatever's left over, we take from submissions. So people luckily, you know, have, they submit constantly. So we have, you know, local What are some of the things that they would submit? We accept, do we say, we accept everything. We accept photos, we accept videos, we accept animations, SoundCloud links, music videos, you know, Stories too? Everything. Yeah. Poetry, anything, anything and everything. I do interviews in the magazine, so I interview, you know, last, last magazine we interviewed Jimmy Gorecki, who was a professional skateboarder back in the day. Now he designs clothes, but just like big in that, in that world. How do you um, do the interviews over phone or shit? We've done it multiple ways. I've done text interviews where we're uh, like, we have an interview coming out palette seven with fool's game, which is a, a local hardcore band. And we just did a group chat with them and I was just texting back and forth with them and they were chiming in or whatever. And we just have in the magazine, it's going to be just printed the, the group chat. This you know is so I mean? fucking cool. So like, I'm so we, glad we, I brought you on. Cause it's like, I liked visually what you did. I liked, fucking with what you did but i never deep dived into what you guys are really doing and sometimes i'll bring people on because i want to do that and to have an hour long or more conversation to be able to get through this and have somebody explain what they're really doing and then understand how much you get to fucking itch on it like i'm so floored right now being like the amount of creativity that you could put into that fucking magazine and you could you have the freedom to do whatever you want and then you even explaining that like just putting out the group chat i'm like there's so much retro and new age shit combined in there, but there's such a fucking hip hop skateboarding. Just the way you do it is exactly what it should be for what it, what it's being created for. If that makes yeah, sense. No, yeah, it does. And, and with palette, it's like my goal with that was I don't give a fuck about money with any of this shit. Like it's, it's, it's a paper, it's a physical magazine. There's no yeah. money in magazines. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not like I'm not searching for ad space or anything. Like I'm not having people pay for ad space really. Like we'll do a couple here and there, but um it's mostly just from other skateboarders or people that, you know, are in this world. But that's that was my main thing. It was like I want this to be, you know, we'll sell product and we'll make our money where we need to make our money. But with this magazine, I want it to be not involved with any of that. This is a pure creative outlet for the Lehigh Valley and and friends and family or whatever that and all the amazing artists that I know that don't have a spot to put their shit. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's what it is. It's whatever I like. That's what palette is. That's really fucking cool. Uh, I really like that you have so many different things going on. And we talked about that, you know, before we started where it's like, you know, sometimes people get narrow minded focused on kind of creating something. And the way I am is like, I can't really create a business out of I can, I am. I have created a business out of this, but it was a very difficult thing to do because I don't do this for money. Yeah, so like right, right. When, I, when, when this started, there wasn't even an option to make money. So I spent a bunch of money on being able to create. And then when I started creating, it was really hard and still is hard for me to, to put restraints on it and then as i got further like and we were talking it's like all right well if i make a little bit here i make a little bit here i make a little bit here and i have apparel and i have a little bit from ads and then like i could do a pop-up and all three of those things make money and i'm not fucking asking everybody for too much or you're not hammering someone to oh you got to pay a subscription to do this and like you kind of like people start you know you start turning into a netflix feed for some people like 
I never really wanted to do that. So it's very hard. But then for you to be able to get all your creative dumps and then in between all this other stuff that you're doing, stop and then give back by putting other people up because you know how fucking hard it is to get put up on shit. That's fucking awesome because you're still able to create. You're still making money here and there or you still have a job in order to keep all this stuff going. And you're just doing it out of 100% wanting to create. Yeah, I mean, it sounds nice to say I'm doing it for for other people but don't get it twisted this is it part of it is a selfish endeavor you know yeah yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, like, yeah i like seeing my work in a magazine i like you know having that that medium to to show what i'm working on as well you know what i mean so anything that's in the magazine that's not credited to someone else or another artist most of the time it's me whether it's photography sketches you know we put in anything yeah so i mean it's just because i do so much um, I wanted the magazine to just reflect that, you know what I mean? And and through doing the magazine, I've met amazing artists yeah. in the Lehigh Valley, you know what I mean? And it's really opened my eyes to like, holy shit, we have everything we need right here. Like, I really think Allentown can be a New York City. It can be one of these hubs for music, for painting, for, you know, any of these, any of these artistic forms. Yeah, I like it. I like... Uh, the magazine, I'm I'm really intrigued by that now. I think we it's cool. We gotta get you in there, man. Yeah, I would have, yeah, that's cool. Um, I just, I just, I really like what you're doing. Uh, like I said, uh, like when I had clapped on, and there's just specific people on where it just really goes parallel with just creating and just yeah, wanting yeah. to create. And then like even like for talking 45 minutes, we wouldn't have stopped talking if I didn't start getting us on track to yeah. do this. <laughs> I, know, I was yeah, like, I just need to get us on. But like, <laughs> when I meet people like that, it's fucking dope because you're already like, hey, you should check this person out. And, and like, that's one thing with the podcast is where like the networking became so fucking strong yeah, with it yeah. where it's like there's so many people and then when when it, when it aligns correctly and someone's like, yo, you, knew, you know who you need to get in here? Or like, you know, who should come down here and then that just goes down this other rabbit hole and it's it's really cool that you kind of created this central hub of like all things that you love doing plus all these different outlets to put it out there and then now you're just creating businesses within it uh it's fuck it's one of my favorite things to do i'm completely addicted to it and i don't think i'll ever stop doing it yeah I could, i've tried I and tried, like yeah. i just was like depressed and then i was like oh yeah. i'm like i need to do this shit and then yeah. like what's crazy is like I built all of this out of like a very fucked up time in my life. And then now I've realized over the years where like when friends pass or like things happen that's out of my control, I'm like, yo, go back in the never again. And like, that was the yeah, thing yeah. where in the beginning when I was just, when I was working full time and it was something on the side, I started realizing that every time I was over here, it was the happiest I can possibly be on a daily basis. And then I'd get pulled out and I'm like, ah, that's not. And then every time I went yeah. back, I was like, yo, this is like, this is the best version of me. And then eventually I was like, why don't you just fucking stay there? And then that's when I started taking it more serious. And I'm like, all right, well, how do we stay here? Well, you need yeah. money to fucking turn the lights on. You need to do all this. And then you start finding creative ways to sell your creativity. And it's like, uh, it's, it's odd talking about it. I love meeting people who are also doing it. And I just think it's certain people that just, you you have to do it i have to do this like yeah, it, no, it's not normal way. i took a yeah. break and then when i got back to doing it i just felt like i was on empty and i was all the way up here it was very similar yeah. like when i traveled and um i try i try and pay attention to like gas tanks and like where energy's at with things and like creativity and all that really fills up these highs that are so high that 
I'm constantly coming down where I need them to keep going back up and like I keep my levels up and when I remember when I traveled I was just like oh man I didn't realize like I needed to get out and like go get inspired like I love going into the city and seeing graffiti and like just looking at colors and things and then I get inspired and I'm like man I want to go home and make a fucking graffiti t-shirt and like it's a lot of like things that I don't notice that like it's just general inspiration that fuels you to constantly be creating yeah, I, the crazy thing is, is you can and you can pull inspiration from anywhere. It's not I've, I've, I've like things that you would never think of. Like I don't know, I see a dog walking around or something, and I'll like think of oh, okay, we I can do a design something. You know, what I mean, it's just like it's shit fun. will pop up out of nowhere. Yeah. And I'm I've been lucky to my my main job. I travel constantly. I'm on a plane like every week. You know what I mean? So I'm 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 lucky enough to be able to. I'm in California all the time. I'm in Miami all the time. I'm you know, even it's not all just, you know, New York City, Miami, L.A. It's like I'm in Kentucky and I'm in, you know, Kansas. I'm everywhere. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm blessed to be able to pull inspiration from all these different places that I go to. And I definitely utilize that. What was it like when you generally like when you you launched this and people started fucking with it? What was that feeling like to kind of start building? Like, because your social media numbers are solid, and I, I see a lot of the content you put out, and like people fuck with your stuff. And um, you know, sometimes when you put out projects and things, in general, not you, but like it's it's hard to get that following. So to be well received yeah, yeah. or to to build it the way you guys like, what was that like for you, motivation wise, for people to still want more of it? It's awesome. It's a great feeling. I mean, because that's what you ultimately do it for, right? Like you, yeah. you create because. I mean, I guess subconsciously you kind of, you want that validation, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, when people like what you do, that's a great feeling. I think I think people really started liking what I was doing when I stopped caring if people <laughs> yeah. liked what I did, yeah. you know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a great, it is a great feeling, yeah. What's the new projects that you have coming up or like that, because you do multiple things and um, yeah. the magazine, I, I love all that and like, now that I kind of understand that a little bit more, I'm definitely fucking with it. And like, uh, like when you talking about having events and having people come out, like that's awesome to be able to host events. I, I always like hosting events and doing stuff like that. So that's a fun creative pool. But like, um, what's um, the show you were talking about um, that I believe you started talking about a couple months ago with doing like music and stuff? Yeah, afternoon radio is is the idea behind it was let's so to to rewind a little bit. So I. First of all, we needed music to go with our skate videos or whatever we're doing. And, like, obviously licensed stuff. It's been, like you said, back in the day, no, you could put up whatever song you want on YouTube or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, skate videos weren't I'm asking still getting for shit permission. flagged. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so I have I make beats, too, and that, and I've been a producer for a long time. So I would always make When did you get beats. into that? Um, high school. Yeah. Like, I just, you know, I bought, like, a little machine it's called a machine that's what it is it's like a little mpc beat pad and i started making beats with that sampling stuff or whatever um so i did that all throughout high school all throughout college never really did with anything with it i wasn't like releasing music or anything but it was nice because i could make the music for the videos were you fucking with turntables too no i never got into like the turntable thing even though i i love that i mean that's like that was like early hip-hop yeah i mean like to its core and i I would like to fuck around with that shit. My friend uh, Kevin uh, was one of the best DJs in the Valley for a long time. And he got me into him. And um, he he set up spare tables at this place I was living in. And uh, I fell in love with him. And just from talking to you, matching music and all that shit, I think you would 
it would be a rabbit hole I'm you wouldn't sure. stop. Yeah, I definitely. And would. um, when we were doing it, he was like, "Do you want to go to the Scratch Academy in New York City?" And it was uh, Jam Master Jay's school, Holy and I, shit, I did a semester why? there. No, I was shit, fucking really? driving in. Yeah, Holy I shit. have the certificate. It, it was crazy, man. I was so nervous because like I didn't do that. He did that. Yeah, yeah, he was on like a pro level, and I was taking the intro level. But I always like telling the story because it's so odd on how it was. Where we would go into the city and um. You would you you went into a classroom, and it was turntables, and it was in uh, a U shape, and then um, there was an instructor, and he went over what you were going to learn. So let's say one day you were going to learn how to make cuts. So then he would bring in a DJ from the city that was famous or popular That's that awesome. would be put in like like the one guy that came on like he he taught us that like um in order like to like create an atmosphere so like he did he they did a little bit of everything but what his lesson was is that like he would go to clothing stores and he would play that like background music and would like just kind of okay, create yeah. the mood and then there was another guy who came in and his whole thing was you don't get to play the songs that you like to play you want to play songs that women get on the dance floor yeah, and dance right. them, and women get on the when they get on the dance floor then men go on the dance floor right. and it was like a real breakdown of how the instrument worked but it was crazy because you were in a U, and then they'd be like all right today we're gonna learn how to cut yeah and then like he would go over it and then he'd be like all right you have a couple minutes and then you would sit there and scratch and they'd walk around like it was fucking home ec and he'd be yeah, like yeah. let me see you cut and then i'd be like <laughs> yeah and uh you did the whole thing and then you had to put a presentation on and you had to go in front of the class and cut That's it was awesome, cool man. and that at, at a point in my life it was i was going to pursue djing or uh, never again, because I was doing never again at the time, and it, the apparel was growing, and it cost money to do both. Yeah, and right. to get the DJ equipment was it's expensive. Let's say ten grand, and to move forward with never again was the same amount of money. And I was like, "Fucking, I already have this established. I'm going with clothing." And there's it was yeah. one of those points in life where you look back on it. But every time I talk to somebody about tables, I haven't done it in forever. But I used to sit up for hours, and that was at a time when Serato was just coming. So you, it was brand new to scratch on an mp3 yeah, yeah. with the fucking blank records and shit i don't even know if anyone fucks with tables anymore it's kind of all digital shit yeah oh well, i think they have like a like a digital version of yeah, the tables yeah now. yeah but uh but, yeah, that, but as soon as you said the beats it. like i've always wanted to get into that that's another endless thing of just sitting around fucking creating that shit yeah so i mean you I still fuck out, with that stuff yeah absolutely yeah. You know, to, to, yeah, i mean I, let's that's go when this afternoon radio thing started i mean so Basically, it started with me making the beats for just our videos so that we had stuff that we could use that yeah. wasn't licensed or anything that we would run into issues. Um, and then through the magazine, I met uh, my friend Black Dre, who's a rapper from the area, and I was just shooting photos with him. But I would be in the studio because he's in the studio all the time. So we'd be shooting photos in the studio and I would be there just hanging out. And I, and I was like, I have all these beats like laying around. So I started bringing them in to the studio. And then as things progressed... We would like make a couple songs, and we really started realizing like, okay, we can we can make like I don't know an album, an EP. What should we do with this? I don't want to do just like a regular mixtape or like some stupid shit, you know what I mean? So we started. I started thinking about it, and I was like, I want to do like a Lehigh Valley MTV mixed with you know like the Captain and Casey show yeah. mixed with like Adult Swim. It kind of like became this hybrid where we're doing music skateboarding you know we're, we're doing all kinds of different things so that's what afternoon radio is it kind of it's just another creative outlet just like palette 
where local musicians were working with. I'm I'm just booking studio time at this at this point. I'm bringing a bunch of beats into the studio and I'm bringing a bunch of artists from the valley, and you know what, whatever happens at the session happens, and that's that's what it's been. So our first event was I mean it was awesome. It's all organic music, or, original production. All the all the artists are from the Lehigh Valley. All the videos are from videographers from the Lehigh Valley. It's just another completely organic ABE thing. When are you like? So then, do you take obviously you film when you're in the studio and all that, and then yeah, you yeah. chop up the whole video, mm-hmm. and then what are you releasing it on format wise? Because are you releasing audio and video, or like how are you breaking it up for that? So we're we're doing the whole the whole show you'll have to see it because it's like it's harder to explain than it is to just show you but um we're doing it on youtube that's what we're releasing it on the whole show did you release any of it yet yeah we did our first season that's it so we we started off the first one i was like okay let's do a couple episodes and then we had a season finale but i think the second season we're just gonna do one big episode and just do one video yeah and it'll be like 20 or 30 minutes of you know, and in that episode, there's a couple of music videos, there's skate clips, there's, yeah. you know, all kinds of shit in there. But, um, but yeah, I mean. I love how it, all of it pulls back together. Because yeah, when you yeah. explained it, it's kind of very similar to like 90s skate videos. Yeah, like how it was, that's, you know that's what I mean? Idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's to turn it into something that, again, all this is just from, you know, nostalgia, all the, all yeah, the stuff yeah, yeah, that yeah, I liked yeah. as a kid. Because everything changes. Yeah. And then everything, you know, like I said, like how everything was for me is like, oh, well, I don't like that you're really turning the dial on the things that I like. And then when you yeah. start creating your own shit, you can start making it how you want it so you can bring back uh, the effects. And then I don't know, like, because then the longer you do it, the more you understand, like, how to do it. Like, obviously, this is you've been creating for a while because all of these projects that you're talking about, you're really just kind of breezing through them. But this is very elaborate planning and like getting all this shit together. Yeah, it's not easy yeah. to put together a magazine, let alone then to get studio time. And most of the time, people are doing one of these things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. It just kind of, it just all compounded over time you know what i mean learning production learning videography learning photography it all just kind of happened slowly over time and now it now it just feels pretty so you know seamless are you growing off of all these ideas now and like because there's so much that we've gone over we you've done the apparel then you have the magazine then you have the afternoon show then you also are doing the you guys are skating around and going to food spots <laughs> let's get into that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did we did the food review that was yeah again that was something that was just spur of the moment like again all my friends that we i grew up with we were like let's skate around the city let's do a show where we skate these spots and then we'll hit some food what was it spots called near the spots to be honest i don't even know what we called it. i think it was called maybe sh- street eats or something yeah or yeah street, it was something like that yeah, 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 like yeah. That. um Again, it wasn't like something we really put time into. We just went out one day. We're skating anyway. We're filming. So we filmed some skate clips and then went to some food spots and just yeah. like reviewed them. And it was just funny. You know, people were, were just cracking jokes and just being stupid. But I, I we, we should bring that back because I want you to that bring was that fun. back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched it. I was like, yeah, that's cool. And it was done well. Like, that's the thing is like, you know, you're like, there wasn't a lot of effort into it. But like, you guys know how to create content. So like you have a specific look. And I feel like that's how I was trying to explain 12th and Market in the beginning is like you you nailed like 
the brand. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you guys have your own way you do things. Like, I'm sure it's how people view my shit. Like, mm -hmm. it's just the way I do stuff. It's the colors I choose. It's how I create to do it like it's a painting. Right, right. So, like, 12th of Market, to me, even though you're doing all these different things, it's all with the same paintbrush, so it all comes underneath the same umbrella. Yeah. And that's very similar where, like, it's so nuts because, like, when I trademarked Never Again, that's what, like, my brother was like, hey, you should do Never Again clothing. And I was like, ah, I don't really want to pigeonhole this, not even knowing what was going to come out of it. But now it's like Never Again clothing, Never Again radio. Then it's Never Again studio. And then it was like, all right, well, Never Again studio, I can put all my production underneath this. And then it's like, once you start, like, and like, that's the part where most of the people give up in the beginning of the ground structure. And like, when you get through all the bullshit and yeah, you get yeah. through all of the, hey, I don't even know what the fuck I want to do. And you keep going. Once you have like the ability to actually create the things inside the umbrella, you can move shit around. And then it's like, oh, hey, I'm just going to fucking go. Like, for, for instance, like, for you to say like it's not that much effort for you guys to do that it's very similar to me being like well i'm just gonna start a cooking show because i know how to do a cooking show yeah, i know right, how to right. host this so i'm not gonna have a problem hosting that but for somebody who would not be doing anything that you're doing and be like well yeah, i want to yeah. start i want to start a a review show and they don't know how to edit and they don't know how to fucking i remember how how long it took me to to have the confidence to get a shot with a camera like, I'd always think I was in somebody's way when we'd be skating. Then, right, like, right. I remember one point where I'd be like, no, you get out of my way. Like, I'm trying to get the shot. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, there's so much behind that. But I just think it's fucking dope that you're able to actually just, with ease, do all this different stuff. And it all comes together underneath one fucking name. Yeah, it's I pretty impressive it just, what you've done. It just, I guess it just came, like I said, it doesn't feel like, because it's been so many years. Like, we started really filming and taking photos and doing all that stuff when we were, like, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. You know I mean, so, I mean, editing is, like, I can breeze through and edit, you know what I mean? Because, I don't know, we used to edit skate videos. And, yeah. And, you know, I, just through, through time, you, you know, you just get quicker with things. Yeah. What's it like for you uh, now? Like, it just seems like you have all these projects going on. How do you, how do you keep it all together? Like you said, it all kind of works with each other, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't feel like I'm, like, doing this project and then doing this project and then doing this. It's like, okay, well, we have new clothes coming out. Let's go Let's go shoot some ads for the clothes. And while we're out, okay, we have, okay, we're working with this artist. We're going to shoot a music video with him wearing the clothes. Yeah. That can be cut as an ad, and we can also shoot the video in the same day. And we're going to the studio at night, and we're shooting photos and video there while getting you know music done and working on afternoon radio and uh it all just kind of like works within itself and and then anything we're not using for that we can put in palette or we can do you know just social media clips and whatever so i mean it just it doesn't feel like it's a bunch of different projects to me yeah. it just feels like what i do i feel like um and like i said because it's parallel to how i run things over here and it's few and far between where i run into other people who are doing it this way but i think it's the best way to work especially if you're coming off of uh uh, from having to create and having to do different things because you don't want to be... I don't want to be not doing anything that isn't putting up what I'm doing. So, like, yeah, yeah. these podcasts, they're, they're showcases for other people, but it's exposing me to their audiences and right, vice right. versa. It's a piggyback system. Then when I go over Definitely. and do apparel, I'm putting up what... Like, I'm probably dropping apparel next week. We've worked on a really long time on it. And, but I've also, like, I don't want to rush apparel. It's one one of my favorite things to create. And I've already have rushed apparel or brought in items back. But I really want to feel 
the process of doing it but I, it allows me to do that because i don't have to be on this timeline for apparel because yeah. i'll just put out fucking i'll put out content and i'll put out podcasts and then if if i need more time with the apparel whatever i got food in between feeding that fucking thing and yeah, i got people right. coming out to pop-ups and then when i do over here with apparel like what you said it's selfishly for me like i'm putting out this fucking next drop because it's what i want to do i yeah, don't give right. a fuck if you don't buy it i may lose on it or i may make on it but that's being made regardless and there's right, a lot right, of people yeah. who don't have the balls to even put that idea on paper from your fucking head but i've been right, doing right. this for so long like what you said i i'm not even questioning what it's going to be I'll yeah, I send yeah. it out to a couple people and they'll be like, yo, that's fucking dope. And I'm like, oh, I think I got some. <laughs> and the build up to me, you know what I mean? The whole process of putting it out there and being nervous and being like, people going to fuck with this. Like that's it's still, I'm still nervous to put out apparel. Like I want that yeah, feeling. Yeah. I want, I want to know like what it's funny when you said that, like, don't get it twisted. Cause it brought me back to like, I don't know how anyone receives any of this shit. But there's a part of me that gets a little nervous, and I like that, and right, it drives right. me to create and to drop different stuff. But uh, apparel to me is that, that's I, I don't I tried stopping doing it and just doing the radio show, and then I was just like, yeah, okay, well let's go over here. Yeah, I like I that. like cutting in and out, and when mm -hmm. you with the magazine's got to be such a rabbit hole to do whatever oh, the fuck is, yeah. you want, and especially yeah. with being a photographer. And I like that you bring in. The different groups of people and then you, you can you have other people doing photography with you and shit uh you really have created a very unique fucking playground to do whatever the fuck you want in well thank you and i i think I, i've really tried to be conscious about that and not have it all be what i'm doing like bringing in other photographers even though i'm a photographer bringing in other videographers even though i do that because it's not again at the end of the day it's not really about just this it's about like I truly believe that the Lehigh Valley can can be built into something like a New York, like an Atlanta, like an LA. Do you like see it coming? Yeah, I do. And I think I think what we're building is a great start to that. I don't know of and I'm sure there I'm sure there are, but I mean I don't know of personally like um other brands or companies or whatever that are really like working with everyone and it's not like this crabs in a barrel thing. It's like like our our afternoon radio episodes people are recording tracks with other artists that they would never work with you know what i mean we have collab songs on those on those albums or tapes or whatever you want to call it like of two artists that would never work with each other but because i'm just booking the studio time bringing everyone in you have like these so these great songs that we're making that you know you would never you would never see come to light in any other situation i also like the uh the uniqueness of you being able to put that together like you know what I mean? It it it's not easy to put people in the room that you think will work well together, yeah, right. and then it actually does work well together. So like that's also mm. awesome that you're able to even network in that sense of like, hey man, like I think I think this is gonna all work here, and you create an atmosphere where it's like a hang and people are enjoying themselves, and like I like doing that down here on just like with friends, yeah, like hey, yeah. I think this person and this person are gonna get along, and then like I have people down for the fights all the time, but even to create an atmosphere for that like it like i like doing that like hey this is all working and then you see people getting along with each other and it's like it's fun to orchestrate that kind of networking too because you're also picking that from your brain because it's you're not just guessing shit's gonna work yeah. you're 
thinking in long term like hey i think this would work with this and this guy would work on these beats and uh like i said man i i love picking pe people's fucking brains and you and clapped are the two recent ones where it's it's really fucking impressive what you're doing oh thank you man that's that's awesome to hear honestly you said you watch the fights down here yeah i'll what, watch do you it. film it uh no because i never got into filming the fights because it's the one thing that i'm doing that i don't work Oh, okay. What, what, UFC fights, like mm -hmm. MMA and stuff? Yeah, I we watch everything yeah. at this point. I'm watching Bare Knuckle. I'm like, yeah. uh, I got okay, into okay. it. I got into UFC uh, uh, at the point where I used to have to go to, like, fucking, uh, what is that up there? The scorecard, you know, back when they only had pay-per-views and you had to go to a restaurant to watch yeah, it. Yeah. So it's come a long way. There's, I've had some, for the big stuff, like McGregor and stuff, you kind of get the casuals that'll come down here. But for the most part, there's four or five of us that just watch the fights every fucking Saturday. Yeah, that's awesome. And we do it here. I'm, awesome. You know, I'm not married. I don't got kids. Um, you, we can do whatever the fuck we want down here. So uh, all my other friends don't really have a location to do that. Yeah, so yeah. it usually ends up being down oh, that's here. Great, Sometimes man. it gets overwhelming and I'm tired of hosting. Like that's where I'm at right now. So the other guys will pick up the slack once in a while and then we'll come back here but that whole area over there is basically built for watching fights like i turn yeah, the lights awesome. off and we i have like fucking lights on the tv and i'll put it to mcgregor gets <laughs> green yeah, yeah, so yeah. like uh are you into <laughs> fights go. dude i love it yeah, yeah. i was actually you do any of the local shit like get I into the no, local you stuff? know what i haven't i haven't i've there's been a couple i've seen but i've never actually really gotten into it i've just i've been uh a big MMA friend for a while. I mean, my dad. My dad opened up a school here in the Lehigh Valley, a Gracie Jiu Jitsu school, years ago. Oh yeah. Um, so like, I've I've been around it for a long time, but man, I, I I'm super into it. I was actually in Vegas when Khabib fought McGregor. Yeah. Like, I was literally. <laughs> I stayed at uh. I was at the Luxor and and they were like right over there at the T-Mobile Center. They they had uh the weigh-in. You know how they do like, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. weigh-in. Yeah yeah yeah. My girlfriend and I were there, and I was like, we should we should fucking go and see the way in i don't know why we did yeah. it and i was like what a so stupid not to go it was like the biggest fight in history and I yeah because right that there. was when mcgregor was uh making weigh-ins entertaining oh my god and i feel like incredible. a lot of the weigh-ins yeah. are now the way they are because of you know i remember him having like the fucking stadiums filled for the weigh-ins dude he changed everything yeah it was it was crazy and i just i kicked myself for not going because i was like that was i was in vegas right there for one of the biggest fights in history and I didn't do anything. I should have just been I've never I've never gone out to a UFC fight. A couple of my friends went and they sat in nosebleeds, but um I'll go once and when I do we were supposed to go see Adesanya and my my, my buddy who I travel with and I'm going to Cali with and uh, he took me out to Vegas and I'm very fortunate because he travels so much that he shows me the best of best. Like when we go out to Cali, like he has the whole thing for this, like fear and loathing yeah, yeah. Las Vegas fucking road trip we're doing on. <laughs> it's going to be a blast. But like, um, when he took me out there, like he works out there constantly. So he's friends with security and they do security at awesome. UFC. So like this guy was, there's a ch was a chance that he was going to get us tickets. So to fly out, we were going to take the chance. And if we didn't get the tickets, we were going to go to the weigh-ins and we would just find somewhere to watch yeah, them because right, you're in right. Vegas for the fights. It's a win-win. Mm -hmm. I'm not here. So um, we were supposed to do that. And it was like, so that was March right before COVID hit. And then UFC had that little bit of a downtime before it went apex. Yeah, yeah. But I, I said like, I'll, when, when I do UFC, I'll probably go one time 
and I'll pay the money to get awesome seats and have a weekend in fucking Vegas. I was just and like say burn that, it down and then fucking come home and yeah, be like, yeah. okay, I did it once. I, I don't, I don't need to do that, it a man. couple times in nosebleeds. It's not. I was gonna say it's, it's watching it at home is ten times better. Than oh my god, yeah. yeah. Well, even when we, yeah. when we even when we would go to the sands, that was the first time where I was like, ah, oh, I can't see through this fucking cage. <laughs> like, like you know what yeah, I mean yeah. like you start realizing yeah, yeah. and then you don't have the commentators and like it's a cool experience from the energy but like I'll go do it once but uh, we went out to Bare Knuckle uh, my buddies got me tickets for Bare Knuckle for my birthday they were uh, at the Indian Casino um, what the fuck is the name of it it's like three hours away from here okay. um, and it's because it's an Indian Casino Bare Knuckle is not I think they're really close to being licensed to start doing it everywhere Okay, gotcha. but we went out to that and that was fucking one of the craziest things ever we were fucking second row it was it's so like at a level where it's about to get bigger but like you could yell and you know what I mean like yeah. it's not like too many people <laughs> right, so right. like we bought uh, the whole row like my buddy was like we were out getting beers he goes let's buy everybody in the row beers <laughs> like what so like we come back and we're like you want a beer you want a beer like it was it was fucking awesome and it was crazy man like I was just I saw this dude get flatlined and we were two rows away and it was it lined up because bare knuckle sucked too because it's more corners so it was harder. Yeah, yeah. Like once they start moving, the only time I saw them is when they were straight on, and oh, okay. the dude fucking uh, flatlined him, walk off KO'd, and he just hit right in front of us. <laughs> and me and my buddy stood up. We're like, "Let's go!" That's awesome. I love going to shit. We wore yeah, suit yeah. coats. People thought we worked there because everyone else was go. in like stone cold t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was bare knuckle. But that's, uh, not, that's just like some local like bare knuckle thing, or is that BKFC? BKFC. Like, oh, it is yeah, okay. yeah. It was like because after that, like I kind of saw. It was crazy, man. We went to the bar afterwards, and the fucking guy who runs the entire thing, who's actually local because he used to fucking uh, manage Zach, Zach Maslany over at Finishers, um, he started telling me about them when Bare Knuckle first came on the scene. And, like, you know, this is when they were still building it up. Now they got Mike Perry and some other people fucking really blowing the sport yeah, up. But, yeah. like, um, Perry's huge right now over there. Dude, he's, he's so. I'm, he's the man. But I, I love seeing, like, when you. I followed Mike Perry, and then to see Mike Perry get his, like, I'm like, fuck yeah, Mike. Perry like that dude went yeah, through so yeah. much shit and like at one point he was just in the UFC without a corner and like had some girl who was with him like, yeah. and then now he's over here yeah, getting he like they there. asked him if he'd come back to UFC and he's like nah they'd never pay me what they're, what I'm getting paid over here dude he had that face off with McGregor I'm like what the fuck is yeah that was right cool now? too that was cool the McGregor's always just drunk at those things how could you not love that dude man he's just the energy he brings is insane, I love him man. uh yeah, so it was cool going out to see that, but yeah, I'm I'm big into fights. I thought a couple times about like trying to do like the fight night things, and then um, which I'm not opposed to doing, but like like that, a fight companion. Or yeah, something. but like watching and the bring fights. Bring me in, bring me in. Yeah, we I could set, do it. dude. We could set it up. It'd be easy to do too. Um, That'd be awesome. But uh, like for me, watching the fights, it's the only time I'm not working. And it's like yeah, the only yeah. real no, disconnect I, I, I get. But I, I wouldn't mind doing one. Yeah. Um, we could definitely set one up. It would be easy to do down here too. Um, I but love like, that shit, man. that's really my well. Like I look at like what I do. Like all I do is work, and then like the only thing I really get to do that disconnects from it is like. And it's cool because, and I'm sure you can relate because, like, how Twelfth and Market came up. But like, the guys who come down to fight night are people I've been fucking been fucking with me since I was like my one friend Tim that comes down. I've known him since I was probably twelve, maybe yeah, even yeah. younger. 
So like we used, we still make fun of it because I'd, I'd always be like, yo, I'll meet you halfway. And he would walk to my house and we never would meet him halfway and he would have to walk the whole way. <laughs> I mean, he still brings it up. Uh, but like, you know, my friend Jer, like his family brought me in to their family and I go on vacation with them every year and like his kids are like basically like my fucking niece and nephew and mm. then like my friend Dustin comes down like he's been a big part of my life so it's like it's really like a huge disconnect to be like out of the world of creating which I think yeah, is important yeah. to come out of that because you can yeah. get swallowed in too much creating and then you get lost and then you get frustrated and you don't know where to go with anything but having like that core group of friends that like bring you back to like you know, we're still laughing like we did when we were on the fucking yeah, school bus. Yeah, and like, yeah. that's, I think that's what is so important to me about watching the fights. Cause every Saturday, even this Saturday, some of the guys aren't around and Jer was like, I got to leave Sunday for Vegas, but like, we should watch the fights. And I was like, yeah, come down. I'm like, I got to work. I'm doing a pop-up Sunday, but like, yeah, let's, it's, it's my break. I love it. I, it's it's fun running into other people. Uh, I could talk fights for another fucking Dude, me two too. hours. We can do here. a fucking whole podcast. <laughs> anytime on you, anytime you want to do anything, uh, <laughs> I'm down. Um, where's twelfth of market at right now? Like, what what's the things for this year? What do you have coming up? Like, kind of like what's going on? Just kind of wrap the whole interview up. Yeah, we're getting. Uh, we got a bunch of new clothing coming out in the next couple of weeks. I'm hoping to get afternoon radio two done by halloween because i'd like to do a big halloween event for that that's cool um and then palette seven for the end of the year new year's probably a big new year's event for the release palette seven drinking skating the whole nine everything do you know like we were talking a little bit about this before is like do you know where you want to host all this stuff at i don't know we've we've bounced around like the first first event we did at luckenbach mill we worked with uh bethlehem museums and sites historic bethlehem museums and sites um, they were great to work with. Um, it was just like a little, the ground was too rough for skating. And then yeah. because we do so, because it's skateboarding, vendors, um, alcohol, you know, it's a bunch of things. We, it's like, okay, Luckenbach Mill was great for everything. Just the ground was a little too rough for skating. Then we did Weyerbacher Mill. I mean, Weyerbacher uh, Brewery last event. And it was like, that was good. The ground was good for skating. It was just like a little too dark and the the situation for the performers like we do a concert every time too so there's like rappers and stuff and and that was just like not the greatest so you know it's like we're gonna find our home eventually maybe that we do something annually there or not and we just keep bouncing around and just yeah. making it work what's uh have you looked into like doing like hotels and stuff like that or um, now I that guess... you kind of say that like you know the skating and everything it, it'd be kind of hard to tie everything to one place yeah yeah i mean that's the biggest issue usually is the skating because obviously all the liability stuff that that's involved people don't want to touch that you know what i mean and skateboarding still has like this bad rap so you know like you talk to someone yeah at maybe some big it's hotel almost like whatever, weed not like, being nah. legal in pa it's like what are you doing yeah yeah like <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where you know, people just don't even want to touch it. So, I don't know. I I think I think what we'll do this year is we'll just do the skating portion at a skate park. Yeah. And then you know, like the plazas in Southside, we'll probably do the skate plaza for the skating, and then maybe Arts Quest right across the street for like the rest of the stuff. The vending. Yeah, that's not concert, bad either. Because then you kind of separate it to where you can just kind of like, hey, over here. Then at this time, and if everything's close yeah. like that, you could definitely pull it off. And it deserves that much time. You know what I mean? Like these other places, it's been like, okay, they have five hours allocated for our event. And it's like five hours to skate, enjoy enjoy skating, you know, have a beer or two, hang out, and then check out all the vendors. It's not enough time. You know what I mean? So with this, we can we can skate at the plaza for as long as we want. We can start at 8 a.m. if we want to and then bounce over 
to arts quest and do and then you have your else. area over there for the musicians because then it's not like everyone yeah. kind of like it's hard because i've put on stuff down here and it's like some stuff works and then it's like all right well there's only one bathroom and then harvey when the barbershop right, was right. up here he was allowing me to use that but it's like you can only get away with that for so long mm -hmm. then it limits the amount of people you can have down here and then it's like you know it's tough to find the perfect venue but that'd be dope because then you would have a little bit for everybody where you have your skating section and then you can go over here and then you you're already you know they already put shows on over there yeah, you can right. do it inside or outside and it's a good size too like i think i think the one issue that we had with wirebacher as far as the performances went was it was so big you know what i mean the echo. warehouse was so big that yeah there was a bit of an echo and it wasn't like like for a show you want people to pack in yeah, you know what i, I feel mean intimate. i think there were people that were just like spread out you know and the performers i want to give them the best you know stage that they can possibly have so i would i need something that's packed where people are going to be you know it's going to look like a real concert in there i'm excited to see it come together what's the theme for the apparel do you have one or are you not even talking about it or what are you doing with the apparel like a theme for like kind of like overall. your your vibe of what like what you're putting out with it i mean we honestly i i'll do like little collections and stuff so we just did uh this like mom and pop collection which was you know we did a shirt that was 12th and market diner yeah. It was like, you know, a burger and fries or whatever and cigarettes or something. And then uh, we did like 12th Market Raceway and we're going to do 12th Market Billiards. And, you know, so that's going to be just like, you know, the the theme of it is going to be just like regular everyday stores and shops that you would see in a city. You know what I mean? But 12th Market themed. That's kind of like an homage dope. to like real streetwear, what streetwear really is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I mean, we switch it up. We do like regular logo tees and... You know, I, I do a little bit of everything, like so. I w I would like to touch on touch on it all. Yeah, I get that, man. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, anytime you want to do this, you can. Anytime you want to bring anyone back that you fuck with, or if you're releasing something and you want to get some content out of it, doing a podcast, uh, you can plug in here to when whatever you want to do anything uh i think it's awesome what you do. Um, I was so fortunate to be able to get picked through that. Um, like you know what I mean, like. I follow you. I see your stuff. I'm a busy person. I don't get to know the in-depths of ins and outs of what anyone really does, and it's part of the reason I love bringing someone down here. Uh, you have struck so much interest in me to just watch you create that I can't wait to dive into the stuff that you come out with next. And um, I think it's important to have people like you in the area and the others doing stuff like this that's just uh, to make it, you know what I mean? Like you keep saying, like, I think this is going to be – a city or like like this and like that but it takes people like yourself to be bringing the creativity and the artwork and the the events and things that you do it, it takes that for it to turn into something uh if it wasn't for people like you the, like i get so frustrated being around here sometimes because sometimes people aren't doing anything and then it's uh, it's really fucking annoying and i get bored <laughs> and like i love bringing people on here that are putting on events and and doing shit like that i try and do that and like even just doing shit in this dumb town that i'm stuck in like i like putting shit on and then the one time somebody came down here and they're like yo this is dope you're doing Doing music down here and i'm like somebody's got to so like right, i appreciate yeah. that uh you're even doing that for the city that you're in i want to give you a chance to plug anything uh where anyone can find out what you're doing 12th and market and kind of give you a chance to kind of put yourself up yeah all the social media is 12th and market at 12th and market 12th market.com is our website that usually has some information but that's most mostly just where you can buy product um we got afternoon radio 2 coming out palette 7 is coming out all kinds of new clothing coming out 
pants, hoodies, all that stuff for fall. Um, yeah, man, just follow and keep up with us. And thank you for having me, man. Of I course. It. And, and we should work on something. Anything. Together. Anything you want to work awesome. on, uh, I will be down to do. If you're a first-time listener, first-time watcher, first-time anything, Never Again, you can go to neveragainstudio.com. Uh, that has everything I'm doing. All my merch is going to be on there. Um, probably by the time this drops, the new merch will be out there, so you can go on there and you can check that out. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of pre-orders, kind of changing the way we do the merch up. Um, all the videos on there, the podcasts are on there. You can check it out on Spotify iTunes, anything Never Again Studio. Follow on YouTube um, and just check out everything that I'm doing. Check out anything that he's doing and I appreciate you for coming on, man. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. Never again radio. Get into it, brother.